Welcome to Strictly Business, Variety's weekly podcast featuring conversations with industry leaders about the business of media and entertainment. I'm Cynthia Littleton, co-editor-in-chief of Variety. Today, my guest is Tony Vincequera, chairman and CEO of Sony Pictures Entertainment. Vincequera is about to begin his fifth year at the helm of the studio owned by the Japanese electronics conglomerate. In recent years, Sony Pictures has been quietly doing a lot of buying and selling of assets. They're not huge dollar deals by comparison to other media M&A, but they are indicators of how the studio is repositioning for the streaming era. In our conversation, Vincequera talks through the rationale for buying assets such as anime distributor Crunchyroll and why it makes sense to sell TV channels in the UK but buy a network studio group in India. Of course, no discussion of recent moves at Sony Pictures would be complete without a question in the form of a question about Jeopardy! and the recent drama over the selection of its new host. Vince Aquara wasn't eager to address the subject, but he owns the decision behind the initial selection of Mike Richards, the former Jeopardy! producer who got the boot after risque and offensive material from old podcasts surface. A deep look behind the studio gates is all coming up after the break. For your awards consideration, Hacks, the Emmy award-winning Max original series starring Gene Smart. It explores a dark mentorship that forms between a legendary Las Vegas comedian and an entitled, outcast, 25-year-old writer played by Hannah Einbinder. Praised by Decider as a masterful, genius, and spectacular approach to comedy, the series dazzles as a display of beguiling chemistry between Smart and Einbinder, who the Chicago Sun-Times lauds as stunningly good together. Hacks is now streaming on HBO Max. Welcome back to Strictly Business. Tony Vincequera, thank you so much for inviting me to the beautiful Sony Pictures lot in beautiful downtown Culver City. It's great to do this in person. It's great to see you. And uh, we've been overdue for a talk that really kind of takes the measure of your tenure now, which is coming up on five years as chairman and CEO of Sony Pictures Entertainment. And what I wanted to start our conversation with is I have noticed over the last, particularly over the last two years or so, that Sony Sony Pictures has been active in acquiring really discrete entertainment assets, a lot of content production, a certain amount of platforms, a certain amount of technology investment. And at the same time, we've also seen Sony active in the marketplace selling existing assets, selling um, bundles of channels in regions like Asia Mm -hmm. and other territories. And I wanted to kind of have a conversation and say, you've been buying a lot, you've been selling a lot. Let's step back. What's the bigger picture strategy here and and talk through why you've been buying what you've been buying? Well, you've been been noticing a lot, obviously. There's been a lot going on. We, you know, when, when we started here, almost five years ago, four and a half years ago, um, we, we needed to have a strategy for the company and put, a, put the company in a, on a path to profitability, to significant profitability. And, you know, we saw having, having experienced the linear world for my, almost my entire career <laughs> uh, through running TV stations, uh, uh, running the CBS station group, running the Hearst station group, and then running, obviously running TV stations before that, and then running the the Fox building and running the Fox Networks Group, which you know became the biggest uh, profit uh, generating piece of uh, of the whole Fox Empire um, during that tenure, um, it was clear that linear was on the decline and streaming was on the incline. 
we don't have here and we didn't have and don't have the the firepower in terms of product and and a library to to go head to head with our competitors we're a much smaller company than uh, most of our competitors so we needed to zig a little bit when everybody else was zagging we had hundreds of businesses here individual businesses here many of them losing money and with no hope of ever being profitable or being a significant part of the company and and when you're running a company of this size and the stature it's important to get people focused on what they can build mm -hmm. and our people were spending time and effort and resources on trying to fix these businesses that were unfixable so um, we did several things. One, we set a strategy, and, and for lack of a better term, we called it an arms dealer strategy, where we knew all of our competitors were going to be building these subscription video services, general entertainment subscription video services. Right. We didn't do that. We decided we would supply them with product that they could fight each other with. That's where the arms <laughs> dealer strategy comes from. It's too bad that it's such a violent metaphor, but I did, yeah. did want to ask, even just what you said there, it seems like that takes so much discipline and mm -hmm. so much, like, you know, objective, sober analysis to be able to say, you know, with ambitious people and mm -hmm. all the assets, you know, you have so many shows and so many mm -hmm. assets here. It must take a lot of discipline to be able to say, here's, here's the marketplace, here's where our larger competitors are going. <clears throat> we can't do that, so where do we go? You need to have discipline to make decisions that adhere to your strategy. Once you set your strategy, you have to make decisions that complement the strategy. Now, most decisions will be right on the strategy. Many will be kind of on the edge of the strategy, and some will be just off the strategy. And those are the ones you have to make decisions about whether you keep, that you you keep, you do you build, do you divest, do you shut down, do you do whatever with them. Mm -hmm. And that's really what we did when we started. We looked at all these businesses and decided, well, these are the ones that we're going to get out of. Mm -hmm. These are the ones that we're going to focus on, and these are the one. This is these are the directions we're going to go to build the company. You know, we all know that the traditional media business is a very, very mature business, not going to grow in an exponential way. Right. It's, so, it's kind of adopted the sort of melting ice cube yes, metaphor exactly, that exactly. it's a, still a big hunk of something, yeah. but it is gradually shrinking. Right. Although, fortunately, here that's not happening because we had a lot of ground that was just waiting for us to take. Mm -hmm. And our traditional businesses are doing extremely well, um, as well as our new businesses. So we set the strategy of, again, I hate to use the term, but arms dealer, yeah. um, to get the business rolling. And we, you know, one of the first things we did was start to set the strategy for what we're going to do with our uh, pay one deal when it came up. Mm -hmm. And that started four years ago. Movies are really the thing right exactly. now. It's, it's a we, huge commodity for right. these streaming services. Unfortunately, having the career I've had and been exposed to things that I've been exposed to, I saw that, and we, it was very easy to go down go, go down that road. So, so we set the strategy of that uh, arms dealer strategy again. If you have a better term, please let <laughs> me know. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> I asked the Sony board of directors if they had a better idea for it yesterday. As a matter of fact, they didn't have one either. Um, so we set the strategy uh, to do that to to align our assets in a way that knowing that in three, four, five years all these assets would come up for sale again and how do we position them to maximize the the profitability for the company and and, and to do that. Mm -hmm. We also, I mean, there, there's a lot of pieces to this and, you know, I'll bore you to death if I went through every piece of it, but, you know, we, we saw that there were a whole bunch of businesses we had to get out of because, as I said, 
distractions are what kill businesses. If your management is focused on trying to resuscitate things that are non-resuscitatable, if that's a word, mm -hmm. they will not be focused on growing the things that have a future. Mm -hmm. So we had to get rid of all that. So we set that strategy. That was that, you know, we went through, we've gone through four years plus of divestitures, shutting down, giving right. away. And that's hard because people it, have, people have their passion projects. Well, and, and people work in these businesses too. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you, when you shut, the, shut a business down, you're, you're taking people's jobs away. Um, and when you sell businesses, there's a period of frustration, right. and, and you have to you have to deal with that, and you have to be aware of that as you do it. So, so, uh, so that that's the divestiture part. But then, um, you know, the other the strategy we just talked about of what we're going to do with the assets we have. You know, the pay one deal we knew was coming up. We had those are your movie rights, the, right. the streaming rights, and the streaming and pay cable, the yes. HBO, Showtime, exactly. Stars. Exactly, we were with deals, Stars, yeah. and now we're with Disney. The new deal goes to Disney and Netflix starting next year. Those deals, which five years ago people were saying, oh, they're not going to, they're just not going to pay what they used to for those things. Now they couldn't be more valuable as well, we've seen with the launch of Disney Plus and right. HBO Max. Right. But again, having the vision, <laughs> we had the vision of seeing that Disney and Fox and everybody else was setting up their own SVODs or Universal Warner Brothers, right. everybody is setting up their own SVOD service. They were going to sell their product to themselves. And we didn't. So we were the only ones that were actually selling the complete package of pay one to in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. Not brain surgery. It was easy to figure out. I mean, clearly it's not brain surgery if we could figure it out. That here. Mis I mean, made you the best looking kid at the dance. Exactly. We had seven <laughs> offers for our pay one deal. Mm -hmm. So, but we didn't, we, I suspected that would be the case four years ago. And obviously last year it came to four. So that's one piece. Then we knew we had the Spider-Man universe of characters, Marvel characters. We'd made, I don't know how many Spider-Man movies, three or four Spider-Man movies, five Spider-Man movies, just Spider-Man. There are 935 characters in the Spider-Man universe, <laughs> and we never did anything with them. So since five years ago, we now have Morbius, we now have Venom, we now have Kraven, we now have Silk. A lot of movies coming forward and a lot of TV shows coming forward. So that's a whole a whole cache of IP that we have. You know, um, and Jumanji was in the works before I got here, and now we're turning that into a universe. We have Ghostbusters, which is just had a phenomenal launch two weeks ago. It's doing really good. I don't know if you've seen the movie, but it's a really good movie. You should see it. You'll be crying at the end, believe it or not. <clears throat> and believe it or not, you'll be crying at the end of Ghostbusters. Um, and that's now a universe. We'll be, you'll be seeing a lot more Ghostbusters product out there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those are, those are another part of the strategy that we set at the time. So, you know, again, going back to the fact that we know that these traditional media businesses are not going to be long for the world. Linear networks are not going to be long Mm -hmm. are not going to be growth businesses, so we got out a lot of those. Mm -hmm. But let, we did focus on... Let me stop on, you there, yeah. though, and let me ask you. So, you know, as you say, getting out of a business, it, yeah. it involves people. It also yeah. involves revenue right. and, and, and earnings, even if maybe the earnings picture isn't great long term. That, uh, that alone, again, is corporate adjustment. And did you have to prepare Tokyo that, you know, we, we're going to take hits in some places while we do this? Like, was that, a, was that even just getting there through that process? Was that... Was that, well, there was, I know it's not easy, but yeah. what, what, were, the, what well, were the hurdles about doing all that in a changing marketplace like this, even trying to value the assets that you were identifying? Right. I can imagine right. it was just... 
Well, the, it's it's a lot like changing a tire on a moving car, you know. And uh, and we you know we spend a lot. I spent a lot of time at the start building credibility with Tokyo and and making sure they understood what we were doing. And now they get it. They understand what we're doing. Actually, three years ago they got it, and now you know allowed us to do what we needed to do. They have been consi <clears throat> consistently vocal about their uh, about as, from Sony Corp about their um, belief and faith and mm -hmm. uh, you know desire to remain in the entertainment business despite persistent speculation. That is true. In fact, in fact, the the day the day that I my first day on the lot here, there was a big sign on the water tower saying we're not for sale. <laughs> if you remember, um, and we're not and we have not entertained that. What we've been entertained is building the business, not going away from the business. Mm -hmm. So. So uh, back to the strategy, the strategy of, of you know, resuscitating our, our television and film businesses. And we have a lot of assets here that, you know, Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, you know, the, the, we have the biggest cache of game show IP of anybody in the, in the world. Um, we have, uh, you know, the Columbia Library and with plenty of IP to draw from, and we've drawn from a lot of that. And the same on the television side, we have, while not as big as other people, we have a lot, of, a lot of IP that we never really took advantage of. So you see remakes, and you know we have Fantasy Island now on Fox, just got renewed for the second year. I mean, there, there's examples of that all over the place. But people are focused on growing as opposed to dealing with bad businesses on the traditional side. Then we needed to figure out where to go for the future. Mm -hmm. And we a looked very important part. Yeah. Very important part. And we looked around, and you know, anime <clears throat> is a is a important part of the, the business of our companies in Japan, Aniplex. And we saw Funimation was for sale, and that process actually started before I got here in buying that business. But I don't think we had any idea where that was going to go. Mm -hmm. It was a very tiny business. We bought it. Mm -hmm and saw that the marketplace was just waiting for someone to consolidate. We saw what Crunchyroll was doing, mm -hmm. um, and we've since bought Crunchyroll, um, and now we're putting those two businesses together. So, it, go ahead. Anime is one of those is one of those content forms that really, you know, for people in the U.S. that think they know the entertainment business, mm -hmm. when you look at what that world is in markets around the world, you realize that it is not, you know, this is not, this is not <laughs> the business of, 20, 30 years ago. This nope. is a, there is a, an a whole world that these companies yeah. have built and characters, yep. and it, it, anime is one of those that really reinforces how much of a global village of entertainment it's exactly. become, which is so interesting. And is that is that one of the things that attracted you? Yes. That it travels so well. It travels well. Plus, it 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 fits into our you know part of our strategy is expanding into areas of communities of interest. Spider-Man universe of characters. That's a community of interest. People that like Spider-Man like all these characters. <laughs> People that like Jumanji will like what we do with that. People who like Ghostbusters will like what we do with that universe as we go forward. You know, and, and back to Spider-Man just for a second, it's going to be the biggest launch movie of the year by far. It's going to be a massive launch. In terms of number of screens or worldwide, worldwide whoop-de-doo, <laughs> qualify that biggest. <laughs> biggest because we know we we now know how many tickets sold the first day of pre-sales. In in England, it was a multiple of the number of tickets that sold for Bond. In the U.S., it was right in the same vein of what Endgame sold. So it's going to be massive. Peter Parker still has his pulse. Peter That's Parker awesome. and. Doctor Strange and all the other surprises <laughs> that you'll see in Spider-Man. Okay. It's very exciting. Um, hoping that the and 
hoping that the the pandemic doesn't continue and hurt us with this and and hoping that we get into China, which is a whole other story to talk about at some other <laughs> That's time. That's a whole other podcast. A whole other but, yeah. podcast, but... Uh, you know, we're looking very, very, uh, we're very happy about where that's going. Spider-Man is going to be massive this year. Let me ask you, though, just even in something like Spider-Man, and I know we'd also need a whole other podcast to talk about the Byzantine deal between Marvel and Sony and how those rights are, but I'm, we are not, yep. that's another day. Yep. But but can you talk about what was the process? Was it Tom Rothman sitting people down and saying, here's the IP, Let's find, what's our what's our best path to making these movies? How, yeah. did, how did you energize people around the idea of, hey, there's a whole lot more to Spider-Man. Well, first we had to put the, get the dysfunctionality out of the film business that was here for so many years. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, and once we got people working together, instead of just the distribution people just did distribution, the marketing people just did marketing, the, we got people together working together. And you know, Tom was obviously an important part of it, and so were Sanford and, 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 and Josh Greenstein. Um, once we got them working together in a very positive way, it, you know, it's once you get people working together towards a goal, towards a, a vision, it just happens. You've definitely been investing in, you know, very, um, very specific kind of production assets, certain producers, mm -hmm. a, a lot in, in a number of investments in England, right. in English producers. Can you talk about that strategy? Is there a reason? Is it attractive to have, you know, production assets, people on the ground working outside the U.S.? at this moment when there's so much competition for talent? Well, I mean, all you have to do is look at where the successful shows are coming from. England is, the producers and creators in England have been on fire for the last 10 years and will continue to be mm -hmm. for some reason. Mm -hmm. I don't know the reason. Some might say that the, some might say that it's the, um, <laughs> the potential to make a lot of money <laughs> for the first time in a long that, time. That could be. That got the creative juices going, but that could be. That but, might be cynical, but. But, <laughs> but people, the people that, people, the companies, and I say people because really in, what we've done is bought people, mm -hmm. and I don't mean that in any pejorative way or a negative way for you listeners. You we, put people in the right No, place. no, we bought their companies, oh, I but, see, I see. but, we're really hiring these people mm -hmm. is really what we're doing but buying by buying their companies because right. they're terrifically creative mm -hmm. you know left bank mm -hmm. 11 um mm -hmm. bad wolf mm -hmm. these are the little show called the crown little, that came from left a little bank. show called the crown a little show called sex education which came from 11 and bad wolf has mm -hmm. the tremendous uh, track record in england which we think will will uh, travel um going forward uh, so you know, it's it's all about the people. Again, coming back to the people. Mm -hmm. Have you? Um, how do you? Do you have you had like a a desire to say we want to we really want to build up our content our our roster of content providers, both in the U.S. and outside. Like, have, has there been a <clears throat> has there been a goal of like we want to get to a a level of of you know having. X many content providers under the under the Sony Pictures TV umbrella, or we've has actually, it been a little more organic and opportunistic? We've actually done the opposite. We we started with way more production companies internationally than we have today. Mm -hmm. We've shut a bunch down because mm -hmm. they were not producing, and they were again a distraction. They were our management was spent, our management resources were being spent on businesses that were not being productive. So get those out of the way they can if you have 40 or 50 or 60 hours a week to spend instead of spending 30 of it on negative businesses spend it on positive businesses that's not brain surgery i mean it just so we got rid of a bunch and we're focused on the ones that are productive
don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more from Sony Pictures Entertainment's Tony Vinciquera after this. For your awards consideration, Mayor of Easttown, the HBO original limited series starring Emmy Award winners Kate Winslet, Evan Peters, and Julianne Nicholson. The series follows a small-town Pennsylvania detective investigating a local murder as her personal life crumbles around her. Lauded by IndieWire as an absorbing character drama with an impeccable ensemble cast, the gripping drama explores the dark side of a close community and provides an authentic examination of how family and past tragedies can define our present. Mayor of Easttown is now streaming on HBO Max. And we're back with more from Sony Pictures Entertainment, Tony Vinciquera. You made it very clearly articulated that, you know, Sony is not going to be in the global streaming platform game. No, but we will be in the genre-based SVOD service business, and we are with mm-hmm. Pure Flix, which is a family and faith-based business, and mm-hmm. we are in um, anime with... Funimation and Crunchyroll, which we're now merging together, mm-hmm. it's a that is a t- tremendous business. And, and those are real. Even those very discreet streamers can be good businesses. Well, I don't know that. Well, we have three. We have three real streaming directions right now. We'll have more that are fairly directed and fairly mm-hmm. uh, in, uh, involved with communities of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all profitable. Mm-hmm. I don't think are they ad supported. No, they're all subscription. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anybody else in the business can say that. We have three here, and we have Sony Live in India, which has eight million subscribers, mm-hmm. and is a that is that actually is a violation of my strategy because it is a general entertainment um, mm-hmm. uh, SVOD service. But it's a India is a very different country, a very different territory. What has made the difference for those streaming services? Is it, is it controlling your content costs? It is being focused on your audience and not having to go spend twenty billion dollars on content <laughs> costs. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so, like the production and the producer acquisitions are kind of things that you look to feed those lanes of. Is that kind of well? What? You know, you you mentioned that you you were going down the road with a question earlier about you know do you need to have more people and more creators? Again, we've gone the, we've actually done the opposite mm-hmm. in film. We have far fewer creator contracts now, because it's about it's about the material, and you know what we did was go out, we went and made a uh, partnership with Harper Collins, and we get you know first look at the books, mm. um, so we and we have deals with people that we know are going to be productive, that you know that uh, that will bring product to mm-hmm. us on television. We're in the process of doing that and making sure that we're the creators that we have are, again, people that we know are going to be delivering as opposed to just having a thousand people. We're going to have, um, these are numbers I'm picking out there, a hundred instead of a thousand, but we know they'll be productive. Mm-hmm. And, in the, and in the big picture of, you know, content licensing, series deals, mm-hmm. all of, you know, the, the profit model on that is... Is ha- has changed and my tele- television, but my television about. series, yeah. you know that that profit model that was so lucrative for so long, you know the hits paid for a lot of the misses, that has changed. Obviously, you're investing big in content. You see, of you see, even with the changes to a much more upfront kind of payment uh, structure for for producers, clearly you see a lot of opportunity there. You wouldn't well, be investing as you well are. again on in the U.S. on the te- on the television side. It's the businesses just gone topsy-turvy it's gone completely up upside down um as you said there there are no more 
deals like the Blacklist or the Goldbergs or SWAT or Good Doctor, those things are not going to happen anymore. Those kind of, of sales Just, of rerun rights that bring in so much. Well, the, the, real, the real description is, the, the real comparative is those were deficit finance programs mm -hmm. that we invested in knowing that if you got to four or five seasons, you had a significant back end on it and you make significant money. Mm -hmm. If you compared the blacklist and its profit profile to The Good Doctor, both very, very successful shows, mm -hmm. um, you'd see Blacklist was far more profitable right. at the time. It's not anymore right. because it's in its ninth season. Right, right. Um, but, the, but The Good Doctor is a very good show, but it's not the mm -hmm. home run that it might have been right. 10 years ago. And in that continuum is, is a lot of concern for, a for, you know, for somebody running a studio such right. as yourself, but the, is, do you make it up in volume? Well, exactly. It, it, there's several things have happened on the television side. So, number one, you're not going to get 22 or 24 episode orders anymore. You're probably really lucky to get three seasons out of any particular show. Um, so you're going to get eight or ten episodes, and you're going to get two to three uh, seasons. So it's now a volume business, and that implies a whole different kind of infrastructure that you support your television business with from, from your legal department and your business affairs department now have a lot more to do because the deals are far more complicated and then the, the way you compensate people is far more complicated and mm -hmm. you saw a lot of that in the film side just recently with you know what happened with Warner when they went to Dane Dayton with uh, Scarlett <laughs> yes, Johansson. I heard there was some conversations yeah, about there that. there were a lot of conversations yeah. about that but a lot of that the, the contractual arrangements for these shows are very very different than they have were. Have you literally had to bulk up in business affairs and legal oh, affairs yeah, for that? For sure. That's well yeah now we're you know, the number of shows that we do now is far greater than it was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's fewer episodes, right. as it, I said. Somebody has to. Yeah. Somebody you have, has you to. You have, have to put all that. this on paper, and you have to make the deals, and you have to make the arrangements and the agreements, and you have to find a place to shoot it. You have to, you know, the, the logistical support is enormous for all these things. So the, the world has changed dramatically. Mm -hmm. and, I, and we have not, let me be clear, we are in the process of trying to figure all this out on the TV side. We have not solved that issue yet. Even some of the, the smaller equity groups and the companies that have been, that you've been dealing with in mm -hmm. selling some of your channel groups in other, mm -hmm. er, in certain areas, like talking to them, they see great opportunity. It's that kind of that sense of yep. that creative destruction. Like they see great opportunity in in having their, their companies be able to focus laser focus yep. on building these channels yep. with the local expertise that right. they bring to it. Exactly. So it's exactly. an interesting it's an well, interesting period of reinvention. Well, you know, again, uh, on that line on the line we just discussed of when when a business goes one way it creates opportunities the fact that uh, the fact that many companies are getting out of the linear television. You know, at Fox we built the international business. It started in 2003. <laughs> I remember you had a SWAT team of people that just went around the world. Right. We built 400... 400 pounding stakes into the ground exactly. for the Fox Four, Corporation. 400 channels we built. And it got to a business generating $1.2 billion in operating profit from zero mm -hmm. in 2003. Did it kill you a couple about a year or so ago when Disney just pulled the plug on a bunch of them? No, it didn't because that's, that was the right thing. And by the, but in, that, in the market of 2020 versus 2012. But my point, though, is because they're going that direction and others are going that direction, you know, we, have, we, still, we are maintaining our channel business in some places because mm -hmm. the transition from linear to uh, streaming has not been as fast. 
in Spain and mm. in Latin America and in India. But because all these companies are getting out, it's creating a great opportunity for people who do have channels because there's fewer channels to compete with and mm -hmm. the pay TV providers are not going to zero. They might go to 50% penetration. Right. right but they need product. Right. So there, it, it does provide opportunity in some places. And that's why we're so focused on India right now. Mm -hmm. And it could actually, you know, in, I mean, like we're seeing so much infrastructure arrive in like Africa and in parts of Asia. And this, you know, this process of, of almost like puzzle pieces being moved yeah. around could, could help even engender some, you know, more local infrastructure yeah. for the larger entertainment. Well, economy. interesting, you know, when I was at TPG in between Fox and here, we, we looked at Africa a lot. I really was looking to figure mm -hmm. out how to do that. Africa is an interesting case where they've skipped over several technology mm -hmm. progressions. Mm -hmm. They've gone right from no technology to modern technology, you know, what's what's available today. Mm -hmm. So it's going to grow quickly. Uh, the the pandemic is getting in the way of it. Right. But you don't need a set-top box. You yeah. just need a Wi-Fi connection. You need a Wi-Fi right. connection right. or just a phone. Right. I mean, India the right. same way. You know, right. Reliance did an amazing job building 4G uh, in uh, in India. Um, and, and, and the little known fact is Indians, people in India, use four times the data that Americans do on their 4G. At least this was about a year ago. I, that may have changed now. But that a year ago, that was the case. And, and that's, that's got to be a lot of it. It's got to be media consumption. Absolutely. What eats up all the data. Exactly. Today. And the middle, you know, the lower middle class in India doesn't have 60-inch televisions in their homes. Mm -hmm. So they're watching their entertainment on the phone that mm -hmm. Reliance provides to them. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you a tough question here about no discussion of, of Sony Pictures uh, recently would be complete. <laughs> let me guess. <laughs> I got I to gotta ask you the Jeopardy question. Yeah. Let, me, let, me, let me ask you, if you had a chance to do something differently, would you, would you have taken a different approach? If I'd known that this was out there, you can't search these things. We did an enormous, people say we didn't look at him. We looked at, very deep at him, had many conversations with him, looked at his history. America didn't want the host of Jeopardy to be, even if, even if, uh, you know, I accept your point that, that people, <coughs> these are the kinds of things that people have said on other, you know, yeah. even if that's true, America doesn't want Howard Stern as the host well, of Jeopardy. A, I think very, that's the issue. That's a very fair point. And, you know, and like I said, if I'd known that this was out there, would that have affected? Probably, but didn't know. I didn't know. I but, but that's a very fair point that the, the, the the affirmation of Jeopardy and Will Fortune was so great through this period that we know that our our assets and our brands are even stronger. And by the way, the ratings now are higher than they were a year ago. So, you know, it's it's actually going pretty well. It's um, it's an indestructible I, show. I, it is I, an indestructible format. Would I have rather not lived through that? Absolutely. I think it was. Um, there were a lot of mistakes made, obviously, not being able to find the stuff that we didn't know about. Uh, as I said, I think if I'd known that, probably would have had a different path. Mm -hmm. But absent knowing that, I would have made the same decision because he was the guy that tested best. Tony, what energizes you? What are you looking forward to in 2022? It's right around the corner, isn't it? <laughs> a couple of weeks away. Wow. What am I looking forward to in 2022? Look, I think, I think that the hard work to get the com this company, talking about Sony Pictures, the hard work to, to get this company to where it is. And by the way, one of the things we didn't talk about was 
the third, the fourth part of the strategy that we that we put together was working with the other Sony companies. Mm. There never was any coordination amongst the Sony companies before music, PlayStation, electronics. We have enormous, enormous cooperation going now. We have a movie coming out in February um, called Uncharted, which is a PlayStation IP. Mm. And we have, I know that's been a goal for a while. Right, and we have ten other projects, or nine other projects in the works right now using PlayStation IP. And we made a movie with, we made a, a movie with a big talent from Sony Music, mm -hmm. Camila Cabello. And we, in Brad Pitt's movie... Oh, right, the Bullet, Cinderella. Right, Cinderella. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then in Brad Pitt's movie, Bullet Train, we have a very big... Um, uh, Sony Music artist as well, which you'll, I'm not going to tell you the name because I don't think they've released it yet. So um, I'll tell you, it's Bad Bunny. Um, uh, so, so that has uh -huh. been a really big driver as well. And they must love that because you know PlayStation. Not only does the IP get yeah. a nice platform, but I'm sure that you know I'm sure that that PlayStation gets some re remuneration for providing the IP. And no, they don't actually. Oh, they, no, but they will sell a lot of. But it is uncharted, uncharted. Uh, uh, IP. They'll show, sell a lot of the Uncharted games to their PlayStation, uh, to the PlayStation mm -hmm. uh, participants. Well, I, to your point, I guess yeah. it's all it's all under the same roof. Exactly. Mm -hmm. We're all the same company. We're all owned by the same company. Uh -huh. So, so what I what going back to your question, mm -hmm. what do I anticipate? I think the hard most of the hard work is done. Not all, but most of the hard work is done, and we have to always be vigilant about making sure that our organization matches what the world out there is asking for. Um, but you know we're going to benefit from we we you'll see in our results that we did very well this year we're going to do very well next year and even better in the years beyond so <laughs> black ink is always welcome yes tony thank you thank you for t uh, taking me through the last 5 years and your rationale and your decision making and i really appreciate your candor oh you're very welcome nice to see you again <laughs>